And the Emmy goes to. 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 Breaking Bad. Modern Family. Beep. Homeland. The Crown. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 24 of the Next Best Series podcast, where we talk about television once a month here on the show. I am your host, Matt Begley. The time of recording is 9.04 p.m. on October 26, 2021. This is our first episode post-Emmy Awards. So it's been a lot of fun in the aftermath of last year's awards season, catching up now on new television shows, seeing what the rest of the world has been watching, the return of new shows as well. We're going to discuss all of that along with the Gotham Award nominations because they have uh, television categories for breakthrough series and performances and such. So going to dive into a little bit of that today. Here to join me for this month's episode, I have Amanda Spears. Hello. And also joining us as a guest here is Joey Gentili. Hey, how you doing? All right. So I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing well, all things considered. I am pretty happy that we are post-Emmys at this point, and we don't have to talk about a majority of those shows anymore. We can look forward to the future now (laughs) at this point. Uh, There's been a lot of exciting TV happening across all different types of demographics and different channels, and it's been really, really fun, I have found at least, uh, because now we're getting to a point with the film season where... Things are starting to wind down. We're getting closer to end of year. And then television will truly kick in in high gear once we hit the spring. So it's interesting how we always have kind of this rise and fall going on between the two mediums. Uh, But Joey, I want to first start off uh, with you since this is the first time you're here on the show. Uh, What kind of a television watcher are you? Do you stick with shows that you particularly like that you know will cater to your taste do you like to stay in the conversation as to what everyone else is talking about do you just specifically look at awards contenders what is your viewing habits like um it's really random i want to say when it comes to tv i'm more eclectic when it comes to tv than i am film or even um music even books for that matter um you know my go-to is always comedy and horror no matter what it is but You know, I'll jump on a bandwagon. I don't mind that when it comes to TV. Like, Squid Game was one of the best bandwagons I could have jumped on. Um, But I'll jump on something like The White Lotus or Squid Game or um, uh, The Morning Show. I'll try to jump on bandwagons like Ted Lasso where it's just like I gave it five episodes. I'm like, "Mm, this is not for me. Um, And I'll find shows that maybe aren't as quote-unquote popular like one of my favorite tv shows right now is c on apple tv i think it's one of the greatest things on tv that no one is talking about um but yeah i'm really open when it comes to tv nice nice love to hear that uh you mentioned a couple of different shows there i do want to dive into some of them a show uh that you mentioned that i know amanda has seen i have seen as well and since the last time we all got uh together here the show has since ended its second season let's talk about emmy winner ted lasso to start off this week's episode season two amanda what did you think of it compared to season one I thought it was a really good second season. You can't keep the fish out of water thing going forever. Right. But I do think this year, unlike last year with the tapes, where I did not, as much as I love Brett Goldstein, under the panel system, tape system, probably would have had a different winner. I do think next year he he would win under the panel system because I don't think there's two to six episodes that don't make him 
look good. He really was this season's MVP personally. And, and man, they really went for that dark side with <laughs> poor Nick Mohammed's character. Oh my gosh. I still don't know how I feel about that personally. It's something that I'm still kind of wrestling with. And I get it. We're not supposed to like it. It is supposed to be a heel turn. I actually found his final confrontation with Ted in the season finale to be pretty impactful and well written too because even though i didn't like it because obviously this is a show that's been built on wholesome good vibes and to see that breaking is heart is heartbreaking um i i really like how the show got us to this moment um subtextually in terms of what nate was going through because honestly it was very internal Uh, his character arc throughout the season in terms of like the stuff that he was wrestling with and holding on to. And then finally in that last episode, he just let Ted have it. But it is one thing I will say, if you do binge watch the entire season, knowing what's going to happen, you kind of pick up on these little tiny moments. Like you can see how it's building up to this. And then, uh, you know, you mentioned Brett Goldstein. I I think he had the standout episode of the season for me, which was the rom-com episode where he decides to coach for the team. Rainbow. Yeah, that was probably my favorite episode, I think, of the whole season. Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo. And co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema. Our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death of a Film Star. Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs. I actually have a question for both of you. If they could only submit one for writing and directing, what what episode do you think it should be? Oh, good question. If I can only submit one episode for both, then I would do the finale. Yeah, I would go with Rainbow. I think it was literally their best episode. Well... We have a whole other year to go by until we get to that point. Until then, we'll see if uh, you know people are still talking about it in the same way. Because there definitely were some more dissenters, I feel like, with uh, Season 2. Because they did take some risks. You mentioned before that the formula for the show changed a bit. And I, I noticed that some people, like myself, were okay with that. And other people were not okay uh, with the show pushing the characters forward in the way that it did. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. But I... I think it's always hard when you have such a big first season to come back and with such a different 
narrative because, you know, they, they can't just do fish out of water. But I think they dealt with some social issues in a really funny and also uh, meaningful way, especially, uh, you know, mental health and sports. And then yep. athlete protests. Uh, the actor who plays Sam is amazingly charming. And, you know, since it is coming off of a off of their first Emmy win, it will get more nominations, historically speaking, which could help someone like Harriet Welter, who who was in there uh, as Rebecca's mom. You might remember her for playing a different mother on um, Succession. Yep. <laughs> and then Sam Watterson, who made Mama Julia Louis-Dreyfus proud with his temper tantrum in the season finale. And then, Joey, you mentioned before The White Lotus. Mm-hmm. Now, shamefully... <laughs> This is a show that I missed uh, and I still have not seen yet, but I know it was one that everybody was talking about. So, Joey, tell me why I should make time to watch this show. Honestly, you shouldn't. Oh, okay. It is a good show. It is really good. But it is a show that you should only make time for if you can appreciate a good character build, because there's not really a whole lot that happens in this show the show relies on it's how its characters are written and where they can go from point a to point b like there is not a spoiler it's in the trailer there is this murder mystery that happens but you only get that really in the first few minutes of the first episode and the last 15 minutes or so of the last episode everything else from like When I say this, I say this as like, uh, you know, people who just watch TV for leisure, like the quote unquote general audience, my friends who have watched it, who are in the GA, don't really appreciate it because nothing, again, quote unquote, happens. So don't watch it if you're not into a good character build, but totally watch it if you can appreciate how characters develop from, again, the first time you meet them to the last time you see them. I generally appreciate that. So yeah, I, I, that's not a turnoff for me. It's a good guilty pleasure, though. Yeah, that's yes. what I heard. I heard it was very uh, memeable at times. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Jennifer Coolidge. Enough said. We'll be back. Uh, and then another show that I know that it has been very popular lately on, uh, I can't remember which streaming service it is. I think it's Netflix. Uh, has have it, has anyone here seen Made? Yes. Uh, I, I have not, but I've it. heard so much about it. Oh, my God. I mean, Margaret Qualley, past Emmy nominee for Fosse Verdon, she's incredible, absolutely incredible. But Andy McDowell gives the performance of her career. Yes, their real-life mother and daughter as her mother in this. I did not know she had this in her, really. It's astounding how great she is in this. And fingers crossed, they remember her next year at Emmy time. But again, I'm starting to notice a pattern with with Netflix that's kind of pissing me off. Is that for the past four years they've had Godless, Unbelievable, The Queen's Gambit, and now Made, which are all these four really female-driven limited series. But they keep releasing them in November. Now I get why they did that. With um, I think when they see us might have been in the middle of this, but uh, Unbelievable because they had that Ryan Murphy and. You know, that's at the point where he hadn't really had a lemon at that point, Hollywood, I think. But it seems weird now that they keep releasing these in November and then hoping for their best. Unless they have something else coming. It's it's really kind of odd. 
Well, it is the holiday season. Maybe they're hoping that that's what people will be watching at home over Thanksgiving. Not feel good at all. It's- no, 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 not not from a standpoint of watching with families. More from a standpoint of I'm home with days off from work. Yeah, I mean, I get I get it from that point, but I'm just saying it's weird that they keep releasing these incredible miniseries and then wishing and hoping kind of that they're going to stay around. Well, hey, you know what? Quality rises to the top, so. I wonder, too, if any of that is afterglow of the phenomenal success of The Queen's Gambit last year. Like, they're they're trying to be on the tails of that. Maybe. Well, they did it before. That's the problem. They did it with Godless and Unbelievable. And Unbelievable really suffered from being released that early. If I'm going to be completely honest, my own hunch on this is that I think Netflix has too much content. For a while. (laughs) What we deem to be, quote unquote, prestige in November, they've also got prestige coming out in December, prestige coming out in January, prestige coming out in February. It's just nonstop because of the flow of content with them is just never ending. So I don't know if I would read into it that much anymore because it's not like a movie studio where they've got two or three, you know, big movies and they're choosing to release one in August and one in November. And you're like, well, well what is that about? Um, I, I think Netflix just kind of throws everything at the wall and stuff sticks and some stuff doesn't stick. I don't know about that now because, you know, it, it might not have worked out the way they wanted to, but they were smart enough to release When They See Us and Hollywood right at like April. Yeah, no, it was at the very end of voting. I remember that. Yeah, they, they're strategic enough to do that. I just don't know if they realize, you know, with these female-led limited series they've had, that they really, really had the projects that could get them the awards. Because I think about Unbelievable, and, you know, Merritt Weaver and Caitlin Deaver did not get nominated when a lot of people that year did, but Octavia Spencer from the network, <laughs> you know. But then sometimes you have stuff like um, The Queen's Gambit, which does take on a life of its own and is able to maintain that momentum throughout the entire year. And right now, uh, the big, big, big show that Netflix has that has attracted more eyeballs than anything that they've ever done, movie or television, is Squid Game. Mm -hmm. And this is a great example of what we're talking about, where I'm sure they did not expect it to get the response that it has received at all. And it's just an example of sometimes, you know, for whatever reason, who knows, uh, these things just take off and they take on a life of their own. With that said, I did find the time to watch this. I watched it in one evening, all the episodes. Oh, my God, uh, there's 10 episodes. Yeah, uh, nine. But yes, uh, it, it was a lot. I started at around like seven o'clock. I think I finished around like three o'clock in the morning. And holy shit, was I riveted through this. I could totally see why this was a talked about show these last couple of weeks. Hey, everyone. Sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of episode 24 of the Next Best Series podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast umbrella. In order to get the full length episode, you will have to head on over to Next Best Pictures Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, You will get the rest of this episode and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. 
You have been listening to the Next Best Series podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.